0: Good morning, everyone. Thank you for coming to church today. I'm glad that I get to see a few familiar faces. Uh, Before we begin, I actually want to uh, read a verse in Hebrews. I've been studying it. Um, It's Hebrews 10, and it says, He also says, In the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment, and you will roll them up like a robe. Like a garment, they will be changed, but you remain the same, and your years will never end. Our God is everlasting, and he's never changing, and I think that that's promising to us, that we get to lay our faith um, in him, and trust in him, and how he works through us. See, so, yeah, I just wanted to read that to you guys this morning. Um, so everybody, uh, let's bow um, our heads in prayer before we begin worship. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing everyone here, God, safely, soundly. If no one's here, God, I pray that they're fine. Um, I pray for the youth right now, God, they're coming home from winter camp, and uh, I just pray that they had an amazing time and that you really worked through them and that that they travel safely, God. I pray for our time here that you open up our hearts, the Holy Spirit will enter, God, and we will be able to understand your word and worship you in all that we do, God. We love you and praise you. We thank you for all that you do, God. And amen.
1: Sing with me with this heart. With this heart, open wide from the depths. From the heights, I will bring a sacrifice. With these hands lifted, I hear my song, hear my cry. I will bring a sacrifice. I will bring. Sacrifice Pride, letting go of my pride, giving up all my rights. Take this light and let it shine. Take this light and let it shine. be my joy to say, your will, your way, always, sing with me, it will be my joy, it will be my joy to say, your will, your way, it will be my joy. Mountains to the depths of the sea, from the planets in motion, to the breath that we breathe, from the womb of the barren. To the rich and the poor To the dreams of the orphan Every heartbeat is yours Let's Sing all together, you hold it all. You hold it on You hold it on, you hold it on. You hold it on. tribe, every nation Every country and king Every tongue, every language Every song that we sing It's in the roar of the lions It's in the roar of the lions It's in the wind and the waves. It's in the glory of sunrise and the lives that you choose. your hands formed all creation your hands are holding me you are my hope forever you are my sovereign king you are my friend king you are my friend and say i believe that
0: You hold
1: it on. You hold it on. you are my life and my treasure the one that i can't live without here at your feet my desires and dreams i lay down oh here at your feet my desires and dreams i lay down If more of you means less of me. Take everything. Yes, all of you is all I need. Take everything. If more of you means less of me. all of you to know who you are. You've shown us the way to your heart. So Father, I pray, make me more like Jesus. Make me more like Jesus. I pray, make me
0: If more
1: of you means less of me
2: Good morning, everybody. How are you? Before I get started and I get too far in, it looks like a lot of people have already taken their communion cups, but we're going to be doing communion here in just a minute. So while I'm going to give some quick announcements, you might want to go grab a communion cup if you don't have one. Um, Where did I put my announcements? They're in here somewhere. I promise I have them in here. Aha, big orange paper. That's why you know they're there. So if you guys got one of these, just read along. There's there's really not a lot of announcements today. Basically, uh, we have MOPS still going on. They had the yard sale yesterday. I don't know how well it went, but from what I understand, it went pretty well. Uh, And the biggest thing is, we want to connect with you. And we have these connect cards right here. If you you see these right in front of you in the pews, if you have any issues or anything going on or whatever, you need. If you're brand new and you just want us to contact you or not contact you, just want us to. You have a prayer request or whatever. You can put it on here. Maybe you surrender your life to Christ. Maybe you recommit your life to Christ or be baptized or. want to talk about doing uh being involved in church whatever this is how we connect with you so it's right there in front of you there should be pens or pencils right there to fill it out if you need to then you just take it fold it in half and you can hand it to the somebody on the way out or usually it's even easier just fold it in half and put it in the offerings offerings uh box in the back right there speaking of offering make sure that you know just so you know you can give a couple of different ways you can give online um which is you know just the way just get on our website and click on it on give or you can click to give, or I mean, I'm sorry, you could text to give, which is right there, text to give 84321, and then, uh, and you can do it that way and it'll guide you through the process. Or, if you just want to place cash or a check in the, in the box in the back, go for it and do that too. We still have that, the uh, way that a lot of us still like to do it. And so we have those ways of, of giving, so thank you for that. And um, i trying to see if there's anything else that I want to, oh yeah, I've got to give you this thank you. Thank you for all the donations and help that was given at the Mops yard Sale, the Mops leadership are very grateful for all your support, and they really are. It's one of the big fundraisers for them. It pretty much carries them through the year. So I appreciate anybody who came and either donated some get some stuff to be sold or came and bought some things or whatever. I really appreciate that. And don't forget, we started this thing called... Yeah, clap for that. Thank you. It's a big deal. Reaching our moms and our moms of preschoolers, and it's a big, big, important thing. Uh, Church Center is something we started recently, and it's how you can get on there. You can join a group... Uh, get, give check-ins and all those things. So if you want to register for that, you just scan it with your phone, which I don't have my phone. I never have my phone on me. You can scan it, and then uh, it'll lead you through the process. So in case you don't don't know why I don't have my phone, I don't take it in here, because it would be just my luck that it would ring right when I'm talking. <laughs> I'd have to embarrass myself, you know? Oh, man. So with all that said, I'd like you to take out, take your cups for communion, if you have them. <laughs> what did I say this time? Oh, you never know, oh, your phone rang. Hello. I thought about doing that one time and having somebody call me and say, hey, it's God, but, you know, I didn't do that. So we have, um, we have communion today. Communion is not something I take lightly, uh, and it's something I want to make sure that we all understand in a sense that it's, it's something that you do when you've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. Number one, it, it we're to reflect on the death of Jesus. And it's the one thing that we reflect on his death, and his his crucifixion more than we do his resurrection, in this sense. Because it took a lot for Jesus to die for us. It took a lot for him to pay the sin that we, to pay to take care of the sin that fills us and fills this world. And so, he he spilt his blood, and his body was broken for us, and so we have communion for that. And so, uh, if you don't mind, we're going to start with the bread. And you just open the side right here. And it's in 1 Corinthians, but I didn't pull it up today. I just want to kind of talk about it. It talks about this in 1 Corinthians and other places. But Jesus said he was with his disciples in the upper room just before he was to be crucified, before he was going to be taken and, and badly treated, we'll put it to you that way, uh, killed. And he, he broke the bread, and they all took bread. And he said, take this bread and eat in remembrance of me. So he said, take and eat. This bread that we ate is, is a symbol. It's not his actual body. It's, to, it's a It's a memorial. To show us, it's a, something to remind us, but it's not his actual body, so that's why we use the bread. And then like, likewise, we have the cup, which is a, a, a red or a grape juice, so it symbolizes the color of, of, of blood. It's to symbolize the blood that Jesus spilled for us, so we could be with him again, or with God again someday in heaven. And so Jesus cro- sacrificed for us, uh, this reminds us of what it took. I don't think it can remind us completely, though. I don't think we can completely understand all that it did, all that happened. But he bled a lot, a whole lot. And um, he was just a person just like you and me as far as anatomy goes. And in case you were wondering, it hurt. It wasn't, it didn't tickle. And he took a lot of lashings, you know, whippings and, and all of those things. And every single thing that happened, he bled. And it's because the blood that removes our sin the blood that comes upon us and washes us white as snow. So, thankfully, I can say that you guys know what snow is, even if you've not ever been to the snow. We had snow here a couple of weeks ago, right? So snow, is, it's an amazing thing when it comes and it's brand new and it just blankets everything. Everything just looks, I don't know, outstandingly new before they even do anything to it. It's a, it's a great symbol. But he washes us white as snow. We are pure because of his death, burial, and resurrection. So he said... Take a drink and remember to me. Take and drink. I think it's funny that some ki- some kids have said they want to be baptized because they just want to be able to eat, take the communion, and and drink the cup. And I have two of them up here in case I'm hungry again. No, I don't know. Take the cup. You know, it's kind of funny, but it gives me an opportunity to kind of explain to them the importance of what it is. It's not just about eating the bread and, and drinking the juice. It's about remembering Jesus, right? So let's pray. Since I, we just did that, let's pray before we start and thank God for being able to do communion and being able to be here together, right? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you that we could celebrate communion together. Thank you, Lord, that uh, you brought us here today safely. And it's no accident that we're here. God, I don't believe in coincidences. I don't believe in chance. I don't believe in luck. I believe that you are in control. And I believe that you guide things and have things happen in our lives to To either further our life make our lives better or to teach us something or whatever it is but god everybody is here and everybody's listening online and will listen online eventually because you willed it because it's supposed to happen it's what you want to happen and god may the very words that come out of my mouth be from you god may you convince me and direct me and empty me of myself fill me with you and i pray the same for everyone in this room that you would empty all of us of ourselves and fill us with you so that the very words that come out Are from your word and that will soak right in and may you speak to each and every one of us in whatever individual needs we have because in a room this size there's a lot of different needs there's a lot of different things happening so lord thank you again for this time together i pray that you would just minister to us for the rest of this service and thank you for our song service that we had today god and you know that we need you really bad we always do i do especially uh, especially when i go to preach so lord thank you fill me use me In Jesus' precious name, I pray, and we all said, amen. Forgot to mention, Lord, be with all those who are not feeling well, too. And Kelly's here today, in case you didn't notice, but she's, yay. She has to go back tomorrow to the doctor to find out what else they're going to do. But she's here, walking gingerly, but she's here. So I want to thank you guys for all, it was a big support, it was a big boost for me. Huge support from all of you guys that the, I can't, I couldn't even answer everybody on on Facebook. I didn't even try. There's just too many people. Uh, and people from around the country that know us. And so thank you. She's doing a lot better. She's got a few more things to go through yet. We'll find out tomorrow what those are. But I just want to make sure I said from my heart because it was very personal for me that you guys, and thank you for praying for me. Thank you for praying for your pastor, but more importantly, for praying for my wife, uh, for Kelly, because she's she's a great lady and uh, she needed it. Oh, she needs it, I guess I could say. So I've been kind of working through a little bit of a series. I haven't really titled it, but if anything, it would be called Following Jesus, I guess you would say if it was anything at all, but um, trying to be doing what Jesus does, I guess in a sense, and kind of following what Jesus has us to do and what he asks us to do. Um, and so today is, is titled Making Room. And it might, it might make sense to you, just those very words, making room, but it, the, one, of the, one of my favorite things, there's so many different places we could go to. We could go to the disciples when Jesus called them. We could go to other places where Jesus called them to serve and do. But I wanted to talk about Mary. Our very unique calling as as the uh, person to bear christ to be the one who would give birth to the savior and so it says this if you can open your bibles to luke chapter one so matthew mark luke in the new testament so that's luke chapter one i don't think it's not up there if you have you should have bibles in front of you if you don't have a bible or if you don't have a phone or anything like that to pull the bible up on just grab the bible right in front of you and it's in luke chapter one starting in verse 26 now remember, if you can't find it, if you don't exactly know where it is, just look in the table of contents. It's not—it's not a bad thing. It's there for a reason. Um, and as you grow and learn more about the scriptures, and as you read them more, you become more comfortable with them and understanding them, and and going through it, you'll start remembering where the places of the books are. i uh, will i confess to you that sometimes, even in the Old Testament, the minor prophets, sometimes I kind of forget where they are. You know, because there's just so many—there's so many chapters in the Bible, right? It's one of the biggest books. One of the best, it's not just a book, it's God's living word to us, amen? And uh, I, I think it's, it's one of the greatest things. It's the only thing that guides my life. Uh, it's, it's where I look to. So m- let's go ahead and open to Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Are you there? We're going to go to verse 38, so it's quite a, bit of, quite, a, quite a little bit of chunk of scripture here. But it says this, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. Now the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of uh, greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. And he will be great. And will be called the son of the most high and the lord god will give him the throne of his father david and he will reign over jacob's descendants forever his kingdom will never end how will this be mary asked the angel since i'm i'm a virgin the angel answered the holy spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you and so the holy one to be born will be called the son of god even elizabeth your relative is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be unable to conceive in her six months. For no no word from God will ever fail. I like that. No word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then then the angel left her. That's a huge thing. Mary just heard something that was incredibly, almost impossible. What do you mean I'm going to give birth? I've never even been with a guy. You know, I'm not not there yet. I'm not even married. And the, the Holy Spirit explained it to her. But Mary listened, and here's the big thing. Mary made room in her life to do this. She didn't have to, by the way, although she, she, was, she was highly favored and she was a, a great lady, but she didn't have to. You notice the, the angel says, uh, the work in you will be from the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will fill the space we create and will empower us to do the work. So it was the Holy Spirit who empowered Mary to be able to do what she was going to do and what she needed to do. It overcame her. In a sense. Uh, So, what I'm trying to say is, following Jesus isn't about creating space in your schedule to go to church. That's great, you should come to church. But it's way more than that. It's about creating space in your life for the Holy Spirit to work, creating a place for you to serve Jesus outside of the church, in the places that you you find yourself, like whether it be uh, in a workplace, whether you're playing, you know, you're having leisurely time, or you're in the home with your children, or family and relatives, wherever you find yourself. You need to make room for Jesus. You need to make room for the Holy Spirit because as our children grow, they need to hear from us. They need to hear what we're teaching them about the Lord. And as people around us are around us, they need to hear us talking to them about the word. You see, my question to you today is what could God do if we created space for him in our lives? What could God do? Have you ever asked yourself that? What could God do? I I like somebody said anything, but it's true. But you know what? A lot of us don't get that because we don't make the space. We really can do anything God asks us to do. It's got to be in, in tune with, his, his, with him, of course. But it's amazing. So my first point is going to be called creating space for God. Makes sense, right? And so while no one else will have to do what Mary did, nobody else is going to, on this planet will ever have to do that in a physical sense of carrying Jesus, God is still looking for people to carry his message to others. You get what I mean by that? He's still looking for us to take that message and give it to other people, to carry the gospel to the world around us. And so because of that, we have a very important uh, ministry. We have a very important command, I guess you could say. But I wanted to read to you from Romans chapter 10, verses 10, uh, I'm sorry, 14 and 15. So that's Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. And I think it's, it's one of those things that we need to get Jesus out in the world. We need other people to know that Jesus has forgiven them just like he forgave us. It's not a one-and-done one type of thing. It's for everybody. And he calls us all. We're all called to go out and tell us. I'm going to speak a whole lot more about that in a little bit. But I want you to see something that he says to, to, uh, through the book of Romans through Paul, who wrote this book. He says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of, the, one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You don't usually hear beauty of feet, do you? It's one of those things you're like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing that you talk about and hear about, but you don't think about it. But I think the biggest thing is the emphasis of beauty, the label of beautiful. Beautiful. Beautiful is the, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a way to describe how awesome it is to those and how awesome those people are who go out and spread the gospel. Beauty, the beauty of this is it's the willingness and the feet to bring the good news. That's what it is. And that's who receives it. And so the beauty is in the availability. Some things can be beautiful, but unavailable, right? And we can make some things unavailable. And so it's a truth, though, that we need to accept. And Jesus has made us beautiful, amen? If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Because if he made you beautiful, wouldn't you want someone else to have that experience as well? Wouldn't you want anyone you run into, any family members, any people that you hear and talk to, wouldn't you want them to know Jesus loves them, to tell them Jesus loves them? That should be our driving force. Even more than anything else in our life, it should be Jesus loves you. And I know that we're not perfect, but that's the reason. Because we can tell them, hey, even in my imperfect abilities, even in who I am, like I'm not a perfect person, but even in that, Jesus can use me and he can use you, right? People will see that. He's made us beautiful. He healed us. He, did you hear that? He healed us. I'm not talking about the sickness of like, like a, a kidney stone or, or a, a knee replacement or something like that. I'm talking about the sickness of sin. He healed us from that. He purified us from sin and brought us close to, this, to the Father again. Did you know that, you know, at one time, mankind was close to the Father, right? At one time, Adam and Eve walked and talked with God in the garden. How amazing is that? But then one little event ruined the whole thing. They decided to not listen to God, and they decided that they were going to take the power in their own hands, and they took the fruit that they weren't supposed to, and they ate it. And it says that their eyes were opened at that time, and they were open to the world of sin. Sin entered the world. And when it entered the world, something had to happen, and that's what we're here to tell people about. What happened? What is this thing? Why is there evil in the world? Why do people do the things that they do? I I can't explain to you because I don't think like those people, but I can tell you one simple reason: sin. Sin invades all mankind. It it has invaded the entire world, the entire planet. But we need to understand and tell others how we are he purified us from sin and brought us close to him again. And here's the thing: we're often unavailable or unwilling to create space for that, though. We must make space. We must make space. I was gonna talk about a cup a little bit in a little different way. You know, cups are made for a purpose, but imagine your child is really in need of a drink of water, right? It just Have you ever had your kid wake up, I need water, or they say they wanna drink water before they go to bed, whatever, so they want water. So you go to the cupboard and you get a glass uh, to be able to get the drink for your child, but as you reach for the cup, to your surprise, the cup starts talking to you. You're like, what? I, I would probably drop the cup and run out, but anyway, the cup starts talking to you and says, oh, sorry, you don't want to use me. Now is not really a good time. You, and you say, I just need you to bring some fresh water to my kid who's desperately in need of a drink, right? But then the cup continues with an excuse and says, well, I'm too dirty. I'm too busy. I'm too broken. I'm too average. I'm not the fancy cup that you want to use, right? So that, obviously, that would be crazy if that happened, right? Uh, and that's the kind of thing that God does, though. God makes the imperfect perfect god makes those of us usable you see it's what we do god has made us to be that cup to take to to deliver the good news to people in the world and we end up making excuses i'm too busy today i I don't have time to read my bible i don't have time to pray i don't have you fill in the blanks there's a million things that could be put there right and I'm as guilty as anyone else about making, making excuses about not being able to do something. What do you mean? The, the football game's on today. i got to see the Patriots win. Like, that'll never happen again. But anyway, the Patriots or whatever. You know, we, we make excuses, but you know what? The good thing is they have this thing called record. Boop, and you can record it and watch it later. Or just put headphones in and listen to it in church. I didn't say that out loud, did I? Don't do that. Don't do that. So the true richness of what God has revealed to us and what we've been given, and, and we need to give it away. That's what we need to do. We, we aren't supposed to keep what Jesus did for us to ourselves. We're not supposed to keep it for ourselves. It's not something that's a, it's a, it's a personal thing that happens, but you're supposed to give it out and, and, and tell others about it. Um, I know that you as a church don't want to stay as a consumer. You don't want to just be consuming everything. You want to be able to do things, right? You don't want to just consume what we have, you want to be able to do. And so Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it seems like this verse has been coming up a lot for me lately, a whole lot. Uh, I've read it in probably the last three or four of my scriptures, I mean in my messages at least, uh, and probably a lot more than that before. But Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, and this is your true and proper worship. He tells us to, to live our lives as a living sacrifice, which is, is a crazy thing because, you know, a sacrifice is something that usually dies, right? And it doesn't live beyond this, but we're supposed to be living sacrifices, which I think is really harder, a lot harder than just dying. That means that you have to die to self. You have to die to what you want and live for others. If you're a parent in this room or a grandparent, haha, <laughs> I know that even better, you understand what that means. You understand what sacrifice means Uh, Living your life for someone else because once children come on the scene uh, There's a lot that goes into them, right? Uh, Everything that you have everything that you do and a lot of your money and a lot of your time Most of your money and most of your time go to your children It has to it's just the way it is you need to raise your kids You need to be there for them And so in the same way when God calls us we need to be there for other people And we need to be willing to open our lives up. And we need to be willing to reveal and give away, like I just said, give away what it is that has been given to us. We need to be able to do that. It's so unique. We need to take the gift of grace that we've received and help it and give it to others. Help and give it to other people. Others need to hear this. They need to know this. That's why that verse, the first said, how are they going to hear it unless they have someone who say it? They need a preacher. They need someone. And you're going, wait a second. That's not my calling. Well, We'll talk about that right now. You see, because it's what we call, there's something called the Great Commission. And it's a directive and a mandate from Jesus, and it's guided the church ever since he said it. Ever since. And it's actually one of the, one of the, that along with a couple others, but one of my favorite verses I've memorized first. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I commanded you, and surely I will be with you. I'm with you always, even into the end, very end of the age. That's extremely important to understand what Jesus is saying in that, in that moment. He's telling us to go out. So you can't just stay in your house. You can't just stay in the church. You have to go out and tell people about it. How in the world is anybody going to know? If you stay in your house all day long, every day. If you stay in the church building and never bring out what you hear here, out there. We have missionaries that we, that we support that go and take this message that we want people to hear to other countries. And it's our job to take this message that we have about Jesus to everyone in Kalinga and in Fresno, because how many of you have run into each other in Fresno or Hanford or Visalia or Bakersfield or wherever you end up? It's our job to take it out there. We're the vehicle that Jesus uses. We're the one that God God needs to use us. And I think that that is amazing in itself because he doesn't, I shouldn't say he needs to use us because he doesn't need us for anything. We need him for everything. Amen? but he chooses to use us. He chooses us to be the vehicle to take this message to people, right? So he's asking us to create space in our world to be carriers of the gospel, be carriers of something really good that cures the disease, the disease of sin, I mean. If you had the cure to cancer, would you keep it to yourself? I wouldn't keep it to myself. I would give it away. I wouldn't even want to charge for it. Because I would want everybody, I've had too many of my loved ones die from that. Or too many of them I know, a couple of them I know right now that are physically going through the the problem of of cancer. In that way, sin is a cancer in our life. It destroys us if we get mixed up with it. It's, It's a horrible thing. And so, it's exactly why and what he asked his followers to do then for the last couple of thousand years and asking us to do now. It's why we're here at this moment. I believe it's why we're here. You know, um, taking the gospel isn't automatic. It, it, it requires something, it requires us. It, and it takes, it takes some time to be in the word, but it takes some time to live. It takes the church to take up the mantle and take this to the people. And remember what I said, this building is not the church. This building is a building. This is a building where the church meets, you're the church. We're the church. And so it's very important. Um, one of the most powerful stories or I, uh, true stories delivering was uh, Jesus delivering and setting free a man that was possessed of a demon. Um, it was a pretty dramatic scene and he went over there and this guy had been cutting himself in the tombs and, and the graveyard or whatever and he, had just, he was possessed and they would chain him up and he would break the chains and they would, he would cut himself he would do all kinds of crazy things and because he was possessed by demons. And so Jesus comes on the scene, and at the end of everything, at the end of their interaction, the man comes out thanking Jesus for everything he had done for him, ends up casting out the demons, uh, and Jesus uh, leaves the man there, but a person who is massively transformed and grateful man at the end. Are you grateful? for what Jesus has done for you? So here's what it is. In Mark chapter 5, verse 19, he says this to, 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 uh, to the man. The man, when he was doing it, he uh, when Jesus was going to cast him out, he, he the demon said, I am legion, for I am many. In other words, he had a lot of demons in him. Right? And it wasn't hard for Jesus to kick them out. He just said, be gone. And they they were ended up casting, casting him out into pigs. And then the pigs ran, ran away and ran down the cliff and boom, they were dead, right? But... Something happened after that. The man was freed from his, his vices. He was taken care of. He no longer had these demons in him. So he, he had plenty of space for Jesus, right? Plenty of space for Jesus now. And so Jesus says to this man in Mark chapter 5, verse 19, the man says, I want to stay with you. Jesus says this, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has mercy, has had mercy on you. Mark chapter 5, verse 19. He told him, no, don't go with me. You need to go back to your own country and tell them everything that I've done for you and everything that you experienced. Don't go with me. Go out and tell. And this guy was brand new, right? He didn't go to Bible college. He didn't go to seminary. He didn't go anywhere for school. He just was healed of Jesus by Jesus. And Jesus says, go to your country. Go to your people. This, I want you to see something. I said he hadn't gone to college. He hadn't done any of that stuff. The only thing he had done is he encountered Jesus. Have you encountered Jesus? Have you, have you encountered Jesus? You're qualified to spread the gospel. Did you know that? This man was was hours, just hours old as far as a a believer, but he did it. You see, there's gonna be certain things that happen in your life that we need to, we're only gonna be there for certain specific things and God puts us in certain circumstances, not so much for us sometimes, but for somebody else, that person that's that's crying that you just end up running into for some reason, you're like, I don't want to be around. No, they're crying, and God kind of put them in your life. Or the person that's that experienced loss, or or whatever it is. You see, think about this in the court. In the courts, uh, a witness doesn't have to be qualified to be a witness. He just has to be able to tell the story. He or she has to be able to tell the story, uh, or tell exactly what happened. Right? They need to give the experience. They need to say, this is what happened. And so that's the same for us. When we encounter Jesus, uh, our role is now to be a witness to explain what Jesus did because no one else can do it like you. You can do it. All, I'm looking at all of you guys here and all of you have a different story. All of you have a different way that Jesus came into your life. I was—I uh, God used a girl for me, but God used other people for other ways for some of you. Maybe he put, maybe You went through uh, an addiction or something else and God brought something into your life and helped you and that person helped you through and then you received Jesus. I don't know what it is, but you all have a different role. Everybody. And so this is called telling your story. I forgot to tell you that's where we're at, telling your story. I get so excited about talking, I forgot to say the point. So this is called telling your story. And your story is unique to you. And it's, it's not just a story of your salvation and founding Jesus. There's lots of other things that have happened after that, right? Like Jesus rescued me from alcohol. Jesus rescued me from depression. Jesus rescued me from whatever. And you have gone through something, and you can use that story to help someone else. Because you know how God did it. You know what God did in your life, and you know how, you know what God did to bring you through it. And you know it was only God that did it, Right? And you know what he did, I don't know your story. I can't tell your story as well. I shouldn't tell your story. You should tell your story. That's what evangelism is, did you know that? Tell the story of what Jesus did for you. How did he save you? Where were you, what was happening? Who who were you with? And you know what, you do this when you're wherever you are, you're gonna run into people at work, you're gonna run into people at the tra- on the plane, on the train. You know, if you share an Uber, well, we don't really have Ubers in Kalinga, do we? But if you go out somewhere and use an uber and you share the uber with somebody or whatever your story is unique but it may apply to someone else's life so that their life can change too right so that's another way that we can we can make room for jesus this is a, a practical way but here's another way invite people to church this isn't exactly where they need to receive jesus because they can receive jesus anywhere But like i said it's not just in this place but invite them to church there's a study that says most people, they're more likely to come to church if they've been personally invited by a friend or a relative. Did you know that? They're more likely to come to church because you said, Would you come to church with me this week? Would you come to Bible study? Well, oh, don't fall over. If you come to Bible study with me, would you, would, you have to invite them. And it's been proven. The key is to continue to invite. That, that was a key for me for the second the, the second part of my testimony that I don't have time to go into, but Barry White kept inviting me to come back to church, come back to church, come back to church, come back to church until I was sick of seeing him, and I finally said yes, I'll come back to church, and then God rescued me from the garbage I was in, and my life has never been the same. And so, but that only happened because Barry kept inviting me. Someday he said you come to the church and you get to meet the infamous Barry White, but we'll see. Barry, if you're listening, you got to come now. So, the key is to invite people. We have something very unique nowadays. We don't have to actually see somebody face-to-face. We have this thing called social media that we can use to invite people to church. Isn't that cool? Do you know we had that? I don't know if anybody knew that we had that. I'm just kidding. Of course you know we have that. We use it for everything else. Why not invite people through it? Maybe start out with having them watch online if they're not ready to be inside a building. I know some people have had bad experiences, but that's a good place to start. You can try many different ways to do it. Social media is just one of them. I sent a letter to my grandfather when I was younger and implored him. I wasn't living near home, but I asked him, I said, please go to church. Please go to church. Please go to church. Grandpa go. And he, I don't know that he ever did, but then The same guy, Barry, went and visited him in the hospital. He was dying and he received Jesus in that place. So don't stop inviting them. Don't stop praying for them. But here's another one. Lead people to Jesus inside and outside of the church. does that make sense? Inside and outside the church. I love it when you guys bring friends. Not because we have more people here, but because it shows me that you care. It shows you that you love people. You know, I don't know if you know it, but you can help someone receive Christ and and get saved before they even get to church. Did you know that? They can receive Jesus out there before they ever walk into the building. Matter of fact, they're more likely to receive him there because you're out there in the elements. You're out there with them. You might be in the workplace with them. You might be going through stuff. And guess what? There might be something else that they're going through. You're going through the exact same thing, and they're amazed at how you're handling it. And they look at you and say, you're different. How, How come you do this? How can you be like this? Or, like, I'm looking at Gary, he's thinking about when you went to uh, San Jose, was it? The hospital, Great Samaritan, I think it was, Samaritan Hospital. Um, He went out there and God put him in a room with somebody next to him, and guess what? He just took that time. You stuck next to him, so he shared the gospel because God told you to, right? That's amazing. How many of us do that, though? I told you about my failures. I don't need to talk about any more failures, but I love victories. And so you can help someone come to Jesus by inviting them to church, before, but before they get to church, you can talk to them about your, you can give them your story. You're, I'm going to tell you again, your story is powerful. If I had time, I'd ask every one of you to come up here and give your story. Maybe throughout this year, I'm going to start doing that and ask you, if you have a story that you want to share, just tell me and I'll make room for it. And you guys can tell your story because your story is important. Your story and what he did with you is important, and people need to hear it. So this is something that's that's cool. It's not just for church believers to share Christ. It's not just for church. It's for everybody to share Christ. Everybody needs to. So if you in Romans chapter nine, 10 verses nine and ten, kind of muffed that up a little bit. But let me just say, everyone is a, supposed to lead people to Jesus. We we can be the main. Some of us can be the main, the key ingredient. Or some of us can just be the minor ingredient that starts it. And then someone else comes alongside and finishes it. So Romans chapter 10 verses nine and 10 say this. Romans chapter 10 verses nine and 10. I know I'm going a little fast, but it's up there. You can write it down in case you forget. I really would like you to read it in the Word because for some reason I think it sticks better if you have it right in front of you. Um, Or hear it and say it with me. But if you declare, it says Romans chapter 10 verses nine and 10 say, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved for it's with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. People can't read your mind. They they can't do that. You need to tell them what's happened. Speak it, bring it out, confess it to people. That's why we're here. Declare what's happened in your life. Are you excited that you were saved? Boy, like two of you are. Are you excited that you're saved? Seriously. Are you excited that someday you're going to heaven? What about your neighbor? Are you excited that they might have a chance for that? What about your grandpa like me? What about your grandma? What about your aunts, your uncles, your cousins, your twin, whatever? We want them all to hear and experience this, don't we? So we need to lead them outside. Give them the gospel, which is exactly what I've tried to tell you. G O S P E L. Remember, I've shared that and I'll share it again. God created us to be with him. Our sins separate us from God. Sins can't be removed by good deeds. Jesus paid the the price for sin. Jesus died and rose again. And E, everyone who trusts in Jesus alone, everyone who trusts in Jesus alone has eternal life. And then finally, life begins with Jesus now and lasts forever. It never ends. When you receive Jesus, that never gets uninterrupted. That's always going to be there. Listen, God loves you. Do you know that God loves you? How many people have you told this week? How many people did you tell yesterday or the day before? I'm guilty I didn't tell very many people because I stayed in my house all day yesterday. And I watched. I don't even know what I did. And then I went over to see my granddaughter. Of course I did that, right? But I I think we need to find those avenues and those places. This is one of the ways I've memorized the gospel, the acronym gospel. That it's the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. It's something I did when I was a youth pastor, and I tried to teach youth about it too, but I think it's just something that is important. So I should have written it out for you, so I'll say it one more time, not so fast. The gospel is spelled G-O-S-P-E-L. G stands for God created us to be with him, the very beginning. It goes through the entire Bible, from the beginning to end. Our sins separate us from God. Sin, that's O. Our sins separate us from God. S is sins cannot be removed by good deeds. There's nothing you can do to remove your own sin nothing you can do and paying the price for sin p jesus died and rose again how well if everyone who trusts in jesus e everyone who trusts in jesus alone will have eternal life and then life begins with him now l and lasts forever you just write it down it just it just flows it's it's from the old testament from genesis all the way to revelation And so since you've received your salvation and grace through Jesus, now begin to ask him to give you the opportunities to share your story. That's scary, right? But ask him, give me the opportunity, God, please. Help me find somebody to share my story with. And when you're willing to be used by God and create space in your life for God, it's amazing to see what God will do through your life. It's amazing. And it, it doesn't just change other people. It'll change your life. It'll change you forever. The minute, if you've never had the opportunity to share Jesus with somebody, the minute you do, the chance you get to do it, it'll change you. When, you say, when, you're, when you're talking to somebody about Jesus and they start crying, it changes you. When you start talking to somebody about Jesus and they receive Jesus, you lead them in prayer through to receive Jesus, and they fall on the floor praising. I know that sounds weird, but that's a way to praise. It's amazing. It'll change your life. It'll encourage you to keep doing it. So, let me ask you this. Who could God bring a cool, refreshing glass of living water to this week? Who could you do it to? Who could you, I'm sorry, who could God, through you, bring a glass of refreshing living water to this week? And I'm going to tell you this. The reward of this, of availability, is closeness. Second Corinthians 13 and verse 14 says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with you all. That verse highlights three things. The first two are familiar with us to us, grace and love. Grace and love, we share that. But the last one, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is something that we're less familiar with. Fellowshiping with the Spirit of God. It's closeness with God. It's a partnership with God, amen? It's a partnership. And then check this out. You don't, have, you don't do this on your own. This is, I'm finishing up with this. You receive power to do this from Jesus to tell your story you receive power from the holy spirit i mean i said jesus but the holy spirit and acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this but you will receive power when the holy spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in jerusalem and all judea and samaria and to the ends of the earth you'll receive the power to be a witness through the fellowship and partnership with the Holy Spirit, and guess what? He will empower you to tell your story. Amen. Let's pray, and then I have a really a really quick announcement. I need, so don't go anywhere till after I give that announcement. Okay? Let's pray first. Father in heaven, I just want to thank you for this opportunity to share your gospel, to share your truth with everyone around me, to share your truth inside of this building, to share your truth with those I run into out in, out in the world, and. Share the truth with my family and my extended family and all those I love and those I live around. But God, it's it's hard sometimes. So may I feel your power. May I be willing to share my story with you, with others, from you, with others. I pray that same thing for everyone in this room. God, you're powerful. But your story that you gave to us, our story, is powerful. So God, please... Lead us to these places. Guide us to these places. Take us to people who need to hear about you. Take us to people who experience life like we did, so we can share our life with them and share with them how Jesus changed everything. And I pray that you would help us all do this. For it's in Jesus' precious name I pray, and we all say amen. Amen. So this is something I, I wasn't looking forward to, but I feel like I have to, after counsel with a few people, some of my very close friends who are pastors. And it's something, it's about what's, what's been going on outside of the church, but I wanted to take a moment to address the situation of the young man who was arrested for sending explicit pictures to minors. Um, he and his family do attend this church, and I have met with the family and explained to them the responsibility that I have to protect children, that are, the children that are involved in our ministry. Uh, and for that reason, the young man's been given strict guidelines as to where he can and cannot be on campus, and if and when he attends our church and he'll always be under strict parental supervision and supervision period. He will not be permitted in any children's area. And I want you to know that we are taking this very, very seriously. We've been and will continue to make, uh, we have been and will continue to make the safety of our children and youth of supreme importance. And as of right now, um, I don't exactly know, we don't exactly know what happened. We don't know the whole story. So I'm not, I wouldn't even give it if I knew it, but we don't know it. All we know is involve somebody at the high school, a coach at the high school. And we're currently following the state mandate here, AB 506, if you don't know what that is, look it up. We're trying to become AB 506 uh, efficient or whatever. It takes a lot of work, but providing training to all of our volunteers. uh, And they have to go through criminal background checks and and we're trying to get the thing to do, fingerprinting, because that's part of it. And additionally, they have to go through a course about child abuse, child abuse and the awareness of child abuse. To be able to be a volunteer in our youth ministries right now that's been going on for a little while and so i want you to hear this we are very concerned for the the kids the victims in this situation and we i we are praying for them and their families i don't know who they are again i'll say that but we need to pray for them we need to understand that this impacted their life and we also need to pray for the other family the young man and him of whatever's going on in their life. I can't imagine what they're going through. But I can't imagine what the victims are going through right now. As a dad, it's, it's, it's just incomprehensible. And so I want you to know this, our priority is for them and all that they're going through. Okay? So I wanted to make sure I put that out there because it's just something that was very important and I needed to address. So if you don't mind, I'm gonna go ahead and close this in prayer. If you guys, of course, Mandy, you wanna come up and finish the last song. Um, I'm available in my office. Most of the time, tomorrow, I'll be in Bakersfield with my wife, but the rest of the week, I should be here unless they do some, take her to surgery tomorrow, which I doubt, but um, I'm here. My phone is always on. You can call me. If you need to talk to me about anything, I'd be willing to talk to you, okay? Uh, I'm an open book, so let's go ahead and pray. Father, I just thank you for this chance together to hear about your word, to hear about the things that are going on around us, God, and to know that you love us, no matter what. You are important, God. People are important. So God, may you direct us, may you guide us, may you lead us, and may you help us. Lord, we need your help so bad, especially in these times right now after things that have happened and and gone on, and Lord, we need you so bad. So minister to us all. May we minister to other people and share your truth with everybody we come in contact with. We love you, Lord. We love you so much, and we praise you in Jesus' precious name I pray. And we all say amen. Amen. Have an outstanding day, everybody. Let's go ahead and finish in praise.
0: Um, Before we continue with the praise song, I just want to share something that I wrote down. Um, We were talking about offering our bodies to God. And I said the reason why we offer our bodies to God is because he offered his son to save us. And what Mary said in Luke, she said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And we know that all that God does is going to be fulfilled because of the verse that we read this morning um, in Hebrews 1.10. God does not change, and uh, he will transform us um, if we offer our bodies to him in servitude. So, yeah. Let's sing, Lord, I Need You Together.
1: I thought- my way when i cannot stand i'll fall on you jesus you're my hope and
2: so much. Amanda, awesome. And everybody else in the praise team. Sorry, didn't need to leave you out. So Lord, we just thank you. Help us, God, as we go to the different places that we go to. Help us to be your witness wherever we end up, whatever place we find ourselves today, God. And be with all those who aren't feeling well. I pray especially for the Creole family, God, that you would just be with them after the loss of Joe. And uh, Lord, love on them and guide them and direct them and just, just give them peace that they need, Father. And uh, We're not feeling bad for Joe. He's in the streets of heaven today, right now, dancing with Jesus. So, God, uh, I just thank you for that, and thank you for his opportunity to be with Jesus now. And, uh, God, we look forward to our chance. Thank you, Lord, for it's in Jesus' precious name I pray, and we all say Amen. 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 Have an outstanding day, everybody.